Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, thank you for joining us on our first episode of Ramblers. We have a very special Father's Day special here for you today. No, Zach, this is definitely and Memorial Day, not Father's Day. We're going to be celebrating with a wonderful father-son duo video game. We are touching on God of War for the PlayStation This is for not Father's Day. And we'll get on our Father's Day special if Aaron stops interrupting me. Well, okay, That's first of all, Zach, I am not interrupting you. I'm correcting you. Oh my God. Boy. Did you just boy me? I did, boy. And I am the daddy. I'm the daddy here. Boy. 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 Oh, God. That's him. He said daddy. Jeez. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us here on Ramblers. It is our first official video. The reason I say official is because we do have a special release that is out there for our patrons um, on Patreon where you can check us out. So make sure you uh, swing by that link I'll add below to uh, join us on Patreon, become part of our exclusive community. Uh, super excited. Um, if you don't know by now, anytime Zach and I talk about anything, we can't keep our mouths shut. So it is always filled with spoilers. Well, then again, I, I think you kind of know what you're getting into. This is a God of War review. We did not put it as a spoiler-free review. So if you haven't played the game yet and you at all care about spoilers, having things ruined for you, frankly, you should be turning this off right now. But <laughs> This is your countdown, basically, to do it. Um, I'll start it right there. So make sure you're uh, turning this off if you haven't done it. Look, these things don't go bad. So, you know, you can always come back and join us later for a fantastic review. So... Anyways, so we're going to jump into this. Um, obviously, we want to talk about God of War. We're going to review God of War PS4 and kind of what it's culminated to be. What? Let me ask you this. So they announced it, what, two years ago, three Something years ago? Something like that. At E3? A few years ago, right. What did you expect? Honestly, I was not... Okay, that'd be a lie. I was about to say I was not excited at all. The part of me that really enjoyed playing the God of War series. I mean, you get that that excitement. Like, if you've been a Mario fan your whole life and they announce a new Mario game, obviously you've got some excitement for it. However, as I've told pretty much everybody that'll listen to me, including people that have no interest in video games whatsoever, God of War 3 ruined the whole series for me. Mm -hmm. One was terrific. I, I absolutely love the game. Two, I don't like as much as one, but I, I still enjoyed it. By three... I absolutely hated the Kratos character. Mm -hmm. I felt it was one of the biggest examples of just very shallow and just, just it, it angered me to watch him. It was, it was just a total testosterone monkey. I mean, <laughs> it, really, that's the best way I can describe it. The character was doing stupid things, was ruining everybody's lives, all to win a pissing contest. Mm -hmm. So when I heard of the new God of War coming out, that part of my brain got activated a little bit. I said, you know, I was, I was kind of done with this series after three. But then I also kind of thought, you know, maybe they'll undo a little of that. They've, they've had time to write this. Uh, writing in all of our shows, series, games that have been resurrected after long hiatuses, hiatus, I don't know how you say that word. <laughs> they are better mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. I know people have nostalgia and will argue with me, but, but the writing gets better. We have learned new tricks. We have learned from our mistakes. So that's a very long way of saying I, I was excited. How yeah. about yourself? Oh, no, I definitely was. Um, I'll never forget the E3 where they opened with it, the live orchestration of the music and stuff. Um, so I was, I was excited. I was on the same, I'm on the same page, right? By the time we got to three, I enjoyed the gameplay for the hack and slash that it was, the button mashing, brutal ass kicking game that it was. Did not care at all about the character. Right. Right. By three, I, I did, I wasn't story driven by that game. 
It was simply I just wanted to beat the hell out of some shit. Plain and simple. Sure. Um, and Kratos was the badass to truly give you the power to do it. Um, so that kind of throws us into what what P- the PS4 version of God of War is, right? right. I mean, we're we're done with we're done with the Greek mythology. We've we've left that behind, and we we land into a whole new one with the Norse mythology. Absolutely. Which um, to me was kind of an interesting place to take us. I never imagined them doing that sort of thing with it, and. In fact, I don't even know that I understood what I was looking at right away. I just saw they were making a new God of War game, and he had an axe. And it wasn't until I watched it a couple of times, and I realized they brought him into a whole different realm. He's he's gonna go. <laughs> he ruined Greece enough. <laughs> right, right. I would say that's off the map. Now he's gonna <laughs> now he's gonna go ruin the Norselands. <laughs> um, and I have to say, uh, it, it, I I can't pick the the words. I'm so I've been sorry. I've, I've been mulling this one over. I've I've played through the whole game. Uh, just did one big shot over the last week to get ready for this review, and I have so many thoughts. Uh, the game has been tremendous for me. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is exceeded every single expectation I could have set, um, redeemed every single bit of ill will I had towards the series at any point for any reason. And, I, you know, I, I, I could explode and word vomit all over the place, so... Why don't you pick a topic for me? Let's, let's, okay. let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah, so that. let's jump into kind of talking about it. I really want to talk. I really want to land it, the time we have. I want to kind of dissect this game, right? Sure. So this game, to me, was a completely different experience than any previous God of War. Right. Right? I mean, starting off the top, and it was – the pacing of this game was interesting, right? And they set the pacing right from the go. It, was, it wasn't slow, but it was methodical. You know, sure. um, I, I to me, I felt this game had this great combination of storytelling with action in it. Um, and, I mean, anyone who's played it now knows the game ends up being kind of an open sandbox, right? Yeah. But it takes almost two hours plus to get there, which to me I think was great because it was a very different, different take on this. Again, you're not running around with throwing and the right. speed of battle that you once had. Right. Um, well, the game simultaneously allows you to explore more and also does less. It, it, it's sort of weird. They obviously retooled the entire engine. Mm-hmm. God of War 1, 2, and 3, um, it had the fixated camera and each it had a specific angle for each scene, which I really appreciated that. I'll be honest with you, I did not care a lot for when I first started doing it, the combat in this game, because I, I could only have the over-the-shoulder view of a few enemies at a time and the God of War series always gave you a look of everything that was around you, something I'd gotten used to, and it also had platforming elements to it. Right away, you probably notice there's no jump button mm-hmm. in, in God of War. We, we have lost the ability to jump, except in the cutscene. You know, we, we are the all-powerful God who can leap mountains, but, but I'm not allowed to do it. You know? right. Kratos does not feel like jumping. It's, it's just, <laughs> you know, he's old. He's, the knees are, are, are going out. That's right. um, I felt the pacing... The pacing hits a very early crescendo, and then it, it, it kind of plateaus a bit. Not in a bad way, because, I mean, I, I tore through the game constantly and loved it. Basically, um, we really want to go into the plot a lot. Yeah, let's yeah, do sure. it. So, I mean, <laughs> first off, how did, how did you feel about this? Game starts, absolutely starts, with you chopping down trees. And it's Kratos, so, of course, he's you know just over the shoulder, one-handing them. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to decremate your wife. Mm-hmm. And the game purposely, obviously, gives you no information about this wife. You just you see Kratos, you meet his son, 
and, and you get to see her body wrapped up in rags waiting to be burned. Right, and you learn that, like, um, because when you chop down that first tree, it's got a handprint on it, right. right? And you learn fairly early on that his wife put the handprints on those trees. Specifically marked every tree she wanted, right? Right, which makes you wonder, because, again, that's it. That's the information you give me. Like, and it really got me going. I'm like, who is she? Like, why is she? why was she so important that he found her and, you know, I mean, started a family with her, but that she's able to mark trees. And you find out pretty early on, too, that the axe he has was a gift from her. It was hers originally. Right. Right? So who, who is this woman that wielded this incredible, powerful tool prior to him? Well, you obviously don't get to meet her. Instead, you get to meet his uh, wiry, squirrely little son, yes. uh, Atreus, who obviously the dynamic is set up right away. He is nothing like his father. No. Um, and his father seems to, Kratos seems to resent that. Mm-hmm. Now, something I want to touch on really quick before we elaborate, the game was spectacular at setting different moods at specific parts in the games. Yes. So for this whole beginning stretch, as you're learning the characters, I, 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 was, I, I hated Kratos. I was like, you know, you haven't grown whatsoever. You're still that awful, rage-filled um, ape that I couldn't stand by the end of God of War 3. Mm-hmm. And he kind of is. He's, he's ordering around this... I know it's a nine-year-old who's the voice actor. Would we call Atreus nine, eight, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I would definitely say he was around that age. Berating this small child like he's just a grown adult who's being lazy. You know, like, how come you're not carrying one of the logs? Like, Because he's a kid. Of course he's not doing that. <laughs> Why aren't you carrying something that will crush you? It's the ultimate, you know, every time you felt like you just let your dad down because you weren't the sports hero he was, you get to watch that for mm-hmm. hours. And it, it's heartbreaking for me. Now, when I first saw that, I thought... You're the worst father in the entire world. Don't you know what it's like to be a dad? So something that was big for me was watching him interact with his son. It, it brought back like, every single dynamic every person has ever dealt with. With your father, you, you're not being the sports hero he wanted, not being the boxer he wanted. Just, mm-hmm. you know, constantly feeling like a letdown, like as if this, this eight, nine-year-old boy could possibly be the son of the god of war. And I really hated that at first. I kept thinking, Kratos, you are the worst father in the universe. I mean, isn't some of this instinctual? Something that Christopher Judge had said, the voice actor for Kratos, when he was pressed about this, it really resonated with me. And he said, how can you be a father if you yourself were never fathered? Mm-hmm. It, it is sort of, you know, it calmed me down a bit from that perspective. It's, Kratos never had anybody really raise him. All he's ever known is... Uh, maim, kill, burn, murder, slaughter, punch, and, and now he's grazing a little boy. Right, but I mean, if you take that into context, too, with the cultures, right, that was the Spartan way, right? That was the Greek way. That's how boys were raised, is they were basically ripped from their families at a young age, put through a military sort of training camp. The strongest survived, the weakest died. I mean, that's how you were raised. So it, I, I, I see where you're coming from, and there was times, don't get me wrong, where it just pissed me off but of how he would treat him but at the same time like he's pulling from his own background like and i kind of i kind of liked that um that take on it where it's like well he wouldn't know how to do this because like you said he it wasn't done for him you know he's he was he was pulled he he's trying to raise atreus in a completely different culture where they're not raised to be killers well so from there too you start meeting, and this is probably my favorite part of this game. In, in God of War 1, 2, 3, obviously almost none in 1, there are some side characters. Mm-hmm. They provided a little bit of dialogue here and there. They set some things up. Um, 
I, in my opinion, Pandora was probably the closest thing to a, a really meaningful long-term side character that we saw in God of War 3. Maybe Gaia in 2. Mm-hmm. But you start running into, as the game goes on, um, Brock and Sindri, the dwarves who will craft oh your gear for you, the bickering dwarves. By the way, Sindri is my favorite character in the entire game. Um, and, and, I, and I'll touch on that why is you, you run into Brock and Sindri, the dwarves. You do meet uh, the World Serpent, who does, does interact with you, has a couple of conversations. You get uh, Mimir, uh, the... The head? Oh, this is a, yeah, this is embarrassing. I know he's a head. Like, he wasn't a god, was he? Was no, he? no, no. He was an advisor to the gods. Thank you. Because I knew he was, Either way, uh, you, you get to free him from his imprisonment with, as he called it, some uh, some costs. <laughs> uh, you, get a, you get a severed head following you around, giving you advice to the game, which... It's a concept that actually has been done before, but I didn't care. It was it was great. I you know I like the way they tackled it and stuff. And I know we're gonna get more into this when we get into characters because we're still kind of talking about the plot from beginning, middle, end. But um, I I do agree. Like as you kind of get some of these characters involved in your life, particularly Mimir. See, that was my favorite. To be entirely honest, I I thought he was fun. He was charming. He was straightforward. I to me, I, I just loved it. I loved the I loved the develop the character in general. So he was a lot of fun for me. Um, and I love him educating us through his stories, but, um, but you're right. I did get off track. That's all right. The main plot of the whole game was after, obviously we've cremated, um, Kratos's wife, Atreus's mother. The main mission of the game far and wide is to just bring her ashes to the highest mountain in all the realms. And that was a very important distinction there. And yes. Scatter her ashes to the winds. So that, as, as they know it, the highest peak in all the realms is, is the summit of, um, oh, what was the mountain? Just, they just call it the summit. They call it the summit. Mm-hmm. Sure, of, of the mo- biggest mountain in Midgard. Uh, frankly, the mountain Mimir is imprisoned on. Mm-hmm. Which, that's how you get into the characters. As soon as you get up there, he reveals to you, mm, sorry to break this to you, but the highest peak in all the lands exists in an entirely different realm. The boy's mother is dead. She wished her- She wanted us to spread her ashes on the highest peak in all the realms. Oh, then you've come to the wrong place, little brother. The highest peak in all the realms is not here in Midgard. It's in Jotunheim, realm of the giants. No! That could not be what she meant. Take a look. This is the last known bridge to Jotunheim in all the realms. See that mountain? Looks like a giant's finger scraping the sky. That's the highest peak in all the realms. No here. So, okay, and at, at that point, strangely that. enough, we're kind of in the middle, right? Right. Like, it, you think by the time you get to the point of the summit, everything you've done up to that point, and let's face it, by this point, you've drenched hours of this game into side quests because it's finally opened up. Um, oh, that's a can of worms we got to get into. Oh, yeah. So, so you get to the middle of the game, and you find out the summit is, in fact, not the highest point, and that you have to go to Jonheim. Yes, the Realm of the Giants. The Realm of the Giants, where that summit at Jonheim is... The tallest in all the realms. So you have to get there. Of course, Jotunheim's closed. Of course, and it's just a simple matter of turning the door handle to get in there, right? Of course. Of, not. Course. of course. Right. We get to go on so many adventures, finding <laughs> finding one of Mimir's lost eyes. Uh, you, uh, Once again, favorite. flipping a temple. Done that in the past. Do it again. You know what? I didn't even realize that. You're right. We flipped a temple once. Just do it again. You know, mm-hmm. temple flip. Which they make a joke about, which was great. What do you mean you could flip a temple? <laughs> well, it, that bothered me when it happened in God of War 2. I was like, who is this guy? And then, you know, really, he's actually a full god. Yeah. Um, I appreciated Kratos' brute strength, but at the time we were flipping a temple into the swamp. I mean, 
Couldn't you, couldn't you use a bridge? I mean, <laughs> right. Um, so, of course, you get into that, and um, I don't know, we're kind of moving through this quick because to me, the ending is like, oh my God, this is, this is the makings right here. So, once you get to the Temple Cliff, you get to Jotunheim, and you get to the summit, and it, like, it kind of just like, I mean, to me, it was like, it was like, and then, like, I mean, you were there. Well, I do got to cut you off. We cut some big stuff there. A lot of the game is Kratos keeping his true past throughout the God of War series mm-hmm. from his son, Atreus. Yeah. They represent uh, a lot of the caution Kratos has, shall we say, in taking him on a journey as you keep getting sick. Now, you don't really know what the sickness is. You just, it's painted as he's, he's a small, um, wiry, you know, weak little son. Mm-hmm. So you say, well, he probably just gets an illness. Well, they start to tell you, I, I don't know that I fully agree with this, but it's storytelling. I'll, I'll, you know, you got to let it go that... Atreus has an illness because Kratos has never told him who he really is and that by proxy that he's a god and that by proxy Atreus is a god as well. And so the whole his body knowing what he is but his soul and his mind not knowing what he is clashes and gets him sick. And at some point he has to travel to Helheim or just hell because of course he does. Every single God of War game we have to climb out of hell. Right? Of course. It's not a God of War game unless you go to hell and <laughs> claw your way back up. So... But Freya, who we'll have, to intru- we'll have to introduce the characters individually yeah. as we go yeah. on, right? Tells you your axe is not going to work in Helheim. Oh Q, my God! Q, the greatest oh scene my in the God. game. Like, well, second oh. greatest. Let's. This was the scene that, like, oh my God, you're right. She's like, it's not going to work in Helheim, right? So he's like, oh, I've got something that will. And I, I thought that home. moment, that moment, like when you have that moment, he's like, I've got something that will. I I knew where we were going, right? As for the dead, your frost axe will be useless. You'll need to find something else. Then I must return home. Deep up the past, I swore, would stay buried. Now, see, I, I did media blackout. There were people, apparently there was issues with like the ESRB, and of course, if you did the trophy hunting, people knew what was coming. I had no clue. I did media blackout on this stuff. I did as well. So you get in that boat, that boat from from the witch's house back to your house, that home. That whole journey. Oh my God! Talk about it. Felt like forever. Of course, it felt like forever because you knew shit was about to get real. Well, again, this is where they captured. Uh, I hate wanting to use the same words, but I'm just going to. They captured the emotional feel so perfectly. Mm-hmm. There are things going on around you. As Kratos gets in that little, that little orange and blue flowery boat, by the way, <laughs> yes. and just has his head down and is just thinking to himself. I mean, you see Thor getting pissed. You see the thunder crackling all around you. I believe at that point you hear the horn summoning the world serpent again. Yep. And what he, he's not reacting to it whatsoever. He's just got his mind where he's going, again, in his little flower boat, at which point Athena, or, or a vision of Athena in his head, haunts them on the boat. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, like you said, you know it's coming. In fact, a lot of the game can be summed up once they get you on that path of you know where you're going, you still want to see it happen anyway. Yes. You've got a nice long boat trip to soak in everything that you did in the, in the, in the God of War games in the past and that he was hoping as a character that he could put behind him, realizing you can't put any of this behind you. And it all comes right there in front of you. I mean, it just faces you head on at that point. But yeah, I mean, you get there, you have Athena, and I love that that moment before he gets her finally out of his head, and that, that, that pan, right? The pan that goes behind him, and she's there, she's there, and she says, 
you're a monster. And it goes behind him, and you just hear him say, I know. And then it gets to the other side. And he walks right gone. And she's gone. But I'm no longer your monster. Yes. Also, you can pan. Did you do this? You can pan the camera a bit when you're in that boat. And I looked kind of upwards. And a group of Reavers kind of noticed that he's coming on the boat. So they go around back to ambush him. Huh? Yes. I loved it. I, I knew didn't they were realize coming, that. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll beat some people up. This, this seems pretty heavy. In fact, they let you do that. You have to run into a few of the Reavers and, again, deal with the frustration that your axe doesn't even work on these guys. So you have to kill a few of them by hand. Then you go dig out the old blades. You go to the house. And that, that secret compartment that he, you know, they, they teased a few times. And he's putting the blades oh back on. And then, like, oh, like, oh. That was my, <laughs> I, I can't even talk about the feeling I had when you come out and you've got both blades. Oh. And, and ten of those stupid things swarm you and you're just like, let's have lunch. Right. But that was the thing, right? So I was in that moment where I knew it was happening, but I think I convinced myself prior. I'm like, okay, we're going to get the blades, but somehow we're going to have the doors turn the blades into a piece of the axe, right? Okay. When he wrapped them onto his arms, as much as they teased it and stuff, as much as I, I think I still knew it was coming, my jaw hit the floor. I mean, it was jaw, meat, floor, make love. I'm, and I was there for that whole battle sequence you're talking about because I was just so excited. Just, dr- just drinking it all in. Oh, it was, for good reason, a lot of people say that was their absolute favorite part, one of the big climaxes of the whole game. Because it, it's, it's like a message from the developers. Like, yeah, we made a whole new game. Yeah, you're in a whole new area, but you're still playing God of War. You're, st- you're still the God of War. Did you really think we forgot you were the God of War? And they hint at it still, too, like with the, the, the urn, right? At, just before, the, the wine urn, and it's got him on it, the silhouette. The... the game is masterful. And again, this could probably fall into character development. So masterful at, at the amount of self-referencing it has done throughout the series. The constant reminders he had of... Uh, that's, that's all right, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We gotta keep, we gotta keep on track here. Right. So you got your blades... Go through hell, you. For some stupid reason, you need the beating heart of the uh, of the gatekeeper in order to cure your son's illness. Because we need to kill a boss with these blades. That's, of course, that's what of course. Um, well, that's also what allows you the beating heart. What allows you to control the hell winds too. Which was a weird concept that like you had to kill the boss to control the hell winds, but. Well, it's it goes back to, and this is something again we can touch on in a bit. The game very much knows it's a video game. Mm-hmm. It pulls no punches, sometimes even laughing at itself for that. The amount of times the dwarves will just teleport into shops ahead of you <laughs> in areas that you needed to painstakingly reach. And Kratos will even mention, you head away around that obstacle. And, you know, because the, because the game is pretty much like, yeah, what do you want? I'm a video game. We need to put this shop out here for you. But I can't right. just let you teleport all around the world. Yet. 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 Yeah. So, get, get hell. And then that's where things take a twist is... Kratos comes to realize he needs to tell his son who he is mm-hmm. and who his son is. And uh, I'm going to get really mad if we talk about this. So I'm going to let you, you cover this, this next part. With where? With what happens when Atreus finds out he is a god. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, no. I mean, okay. So, and again, this is going to go into character development a little bit with Atreus, right? But it right? is plot. It is plot. It is plot. So, yeah, you find out that he tells Atreus that who he is, right? And... On behest of, of the witch, right? Yes. Of, she's like, you need to, this is only going to be temporary. You need to tell him. So he does, which again, great character development of Kratos shows us he's a different guy than what we were used to. But anyways, um, he tells his son and Atreus is like, I'm part God. 
And he starts off pretty subtle about it, right? I mean, first thing he asks is, what can I do? Can I turn into a wolf? First thing, he tells him, you are a god too. And as Kratos goes to pull the boat into the water, he goes, can I turn into an animal? <laughs> and Kratos just freezing and going, can you turn into an animal? I was born a god, and so were you. Boy, have you nothing to say? Um, can I turn into an animal? Can you turn into an animal? Kratos was a strangely funny character in, for those moments. Yeah, like, unintentionally. Right, so. but that was a great moment. Um, but anyway, so as you get further and further along and Atreus comes to more and more terms with the fact that he's a god, he just becomes this arrogant little Just prick. full of himself, just starts feeling his own. <sighs> and it's, you know, it, it's a perfect, uh, yeah, I know it's character development, but it's also part of the main plot. Mm -hmm. It reverses that dynamic for a bit. It I does. spent so much time getting mad at Kratos and loving this very humble son of his. Then you got to see this like stupid nine-year-old little boy try to stomp around like he's in charge. And for once, I start feeling like, you know, man, Kratos, I'm actually sympathetic <laughs> to you during this. I'm so sorry you have to tag this along with like, you. As, as, as Tanner put it earlier, and I agree with him, I just wanted to throw my Leviathan axe at the kid at times. Oh, man. You remember like the puppy kick you did in God of War 2? When you grappled one of the hellhounds, he just spiked him on the ground and punked him. Oh, I just <laughs> wanted to do that. But oh, man. You can't, of course. Move it. Or we'll pick up where he left off. I'll kill you. No. He is beaten. Not worth killing. He should pay for what he said about Mother. I said no. But we're gods. We can do whatever we want. Hey, you think your daughter's going to turn out with that kind of attitude at times? Well, as soon as I tell her she's a god, it's... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's inevitable. The game stops. Happen, right? <laughs> so... So in a fit of... Um, of your son thinking he's ready to challenge everything. I mean, he's a god, right? Now he's unstoppable. He gets you and, and himself thrown back into hell. And this is the reaches of hell we were told we could never leave. Mm -hmm. So at that point, Kratos grabs him, you know, basically says, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, I am your father. You will listen to me from now on. And it, it's, a little, it's a little rushed in this regard, but kind of backs down and... We start heading towards a pleasurable path in the game again. Yep. Oh, because, yeah, because well, we're, how did we get to, We were fighting Baldur, right? Yes. Who we forgot to mention a lot because we're just too excited. We're, we're way too things. excited about this game, so get ready for the jumps all around. Uh, but yeah, so, so, so we get thrown back into hell with Baldur, and of course, you know what? I'm going to skip by because this is one of my favorite moments sure. of the Baldur character development. Um, so, so we finally get ourselves out of hell in a very cool way. I thought that was really cool. Somewhat frustrating running around having to keep lighting those things on fire. But to, mm. make, to make the boat float. I was very bothered by that, by the way. Were Freya, you? Freya specifically said, a land so cold, no fire can ignite there and no fire can, can stay, magic or otherwise. It is a land of unyielding cold. 
Fires cannot burn there, and no magic in all the nine realms can create a blaze. So what do we do? We light bonfires. We light on the bonfires. Boat. We light bonfires on the boat, and that carries us upward. Yes, but, but we're talking. You know. I know. That, I think their whole point was like the chaos blades are the only thing because they are blades forged by God. It's it's it's. We still lit fires in a place where no fire can exist. Okay. Like I and said, don't care. Video game. What they, all that game is saying is the Greek gods are more powerful than the Norse gods, obviously, because the Greek god weaponry can light fires in a place that no Norse god magic can work. Oh, damn. <laughs> Throw down. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we get out of hell. Uh. And once we get out of hell, wait a minute. How the hell did Balder get out of hell? Because LOL, it's a video game. It's another one of those True. moments. It's it's yeah. True, because nothing can escape, right? No, no gods other than Odin was able to escape those depths. Right. Anyways, so we get out of hell. We of course have another fight with Balder um, on our way to Jotunheim. So. And I think that's kind of where the, the game kind of climaxes with this, this massive battle sort of thing, right? If I remember right. I'm going to be entirely honest. I don't remember a whole lot from getting out of hell to the Boulder fight. Third time, actually. We first fought Boulder, which we forgot to um, The stranger in the beginning. Right with the stranger right at the beginning of the game. Then we fought him. Yeah, that was still a boss fight when he abducts Atreus and you mm -hmm. wind up in hell a second time. That was a fight. Third fight was right when we come out of uh, hell and try to get to... You're talking about that, right? When we try to get to Jotunheim? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's the one with the um, the mistletoe arrows. Yes. Yeah. That was the third fight with Balder, actually. Okay. So, so yeah, we're in the third fight, um, of course, and then the mistletoe um, arrows, which, again, another thing we completely forgot to mention, and I believe Tanner actually wrote it up on our, he sure did, on our board of things to talk about. <laughs> it's under character development. Though. That is true. That is true. So... We get the mistletoe arrows, and I guess we'll talk more about character development per our director's request. However, we have to talk about the ending. Please, absolutely. Okay. This, so, this was controversial for a lot of people. So. Yes. Okay, so you get to the ending. Um, you're, you're in Jotunheim. You walk up the stairs, and what do you find? It's completely dead. There's no traces thus far. I mean, in my mind, I was like, this is only one room. But it's suggested that Everything in Jotunheim's dead. All the giants that went there retreated there. The whole place is just empty. It's empty, right. You don't know, are they dead? Did they go elsewhere? Which they actually bring up. But you know there's nothing there making any sound because Atreus throughout the game can hear voices. Right. And he hears nothing, which throws him completely off. So anyways, you get up. As you, as you reach the top of the summit, you get into um, a little cavern-looking thing. And you find... You find glyphs, pictures, all over the walls. And they're all of Atreus and Kratos. The story of, well, as Kratos puts it, the story of Atreus. Not it's, it's both True. of them, obviously. But he says, Dad, it's our story. They, they have um, depictions of all the important events you've done throughout the game. As if, you know, it's been foretold. And as Kratos says, no, this is your story, not mine. Right, because I mean the impl implication there is they're reading parts of it that we can't quite make out. Right, um, and of course Atreus gets very confused. Well, what does this mean? And that's when you find out that Atreus is not just part god. His mother was a giant, so he is a half breed, half giant, half god. The, the Kratos also says part mortal. I'm not sure where that comes from. Maybe Kratos himself is part god, part mortal. I believe. I believe. Yeah, I believe. I believe Kratos is part god, part mortal. Uh, but, I mean, in theory, the giants are mortal. 
But anyway, everything can die anyway. So right, gods right. Have been dying all the time in these games. So right, gods who are immortal die. Um, so 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 we get there, and now I, this is this is up to viewer discretion of what this means. There's that moment where they're looking at all the glyphs, and Kratos happens to pull back this this ta- this tapir, right? Um, and he sees one, and you see, yes. well, you see, you see, you see, basically, you see Kratos dying in Atreus there with and behind him. And you see what looks like what, what could be interpreted as winds or souls or whatever coming out of both of their mouths. Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder. It really kind of brings up that point because at this point, um, Kratos has also admitted to Atreus that he killed his own father. Um, so it makes you wonder. And all throughout the game, Atreus is always saying, "Well, why would anyone kill their own father?" love that by the way who would kill their own dad then you just hear hmm. um so you get to that point where they, they 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 go to the top they see that you don't know what that means let me ask you what did you think that meant when you saw that that exact moment you're talking about yes i didn't even try to decipher it it was it was cryptic enough people can try to claim they knew it meant it was foretelling kratos's death of course it is somebody's going to die eventually he's going to die eventually I'm not going to pretend like I even had an idea. I'm just waiting with bated breath to find out uh, in God of War 2. Does this, it leads you to believe, is Atreus there when Kratos is killed, or does Atreus kill Kratos? Or do they both die together? True. So it's, yeah, it's really kind of an interesting uh, take, and there's a lot of talk about it. Anyways, you get to the top. They did suggest that, actually. They foreshadowed uh, when Baldur died, and, and Atreus had said, would you let me kill you? And Kratos had said, if it meant you would live. Mm-hmm. Which, as my wife was watching that, immediately said, "Do you think they're talking that that's foreshadowing?" And I'm like, "I think that's foreshadowing in big flashing letters." Mm-hmm. Personally, the death of a child is not something a parent gets over easily. But he was going to kill her. She would have died to see him live. Only a parent can understand. So you'd let me kill you? If it meant you would live, yes. But but what a great moment of like also showing like how much Kratos has grown from what we knew as God of War three like yes I would at by at that God of War three Kratos has been like nope you're dead exactly but at this point He'd Kratos scream and then snap his neck right but at this point then Kratos is like yeah means you live like I mean right. oh but anyway so they get up there they throw off they finally get throw off <laughs> they spread the ashes well hang on sorry I'm jumping ahead let's talk about the view you get when you get to the top. I was about to say you out. jumped right to the right moment. That was the very next part. But, but no, I, 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 the view you get when you get to the top, okay. right? We talk about how you hear nothing. And you get to the top and you look out. And see all the dead giants laying on All of them. All the dead giants. Like, Which raises the question, how'd they all die? Why did they all die? I, I'm really hoping we get to explore that. I would love to know. But, yeah, so I, I just thought it was kind of like one of those moments. Because they built that, did they leave or did they die? And I thought it was kind of a nice way of doing it. And I just can't. I can't imagine that that image, when you're up there looking, that that image is much different from what the original concept art looked like. I'm sure. But anyways, so you spread the ashes, and then you have that moment. This 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 moment. And I know some people hate this. I. Where uh, Atreus turns to Kratos, right, and he says, he says, so I I, I get it. Um, mom mom knew the whole future, everything that was going to happen and will happen. But there's one thing I don't understand. Every time they talked about me. They referred to me as Loki. My name was Loki. So, I get that mother was a giant, which makes me part giant and part god. And part mortal. Right. I guess there's just one thing I don't understand. My name on the wall. The giants called me Loki? 
I, I, I'm guilty that I rolled my eyes at that. Really? I, I mean, they're, they're really, they're stretching here. You know, first Thor is a bloodthirsty maniac. Okay, fine. This is your world. This is your take on it. I get it. Plus, you need a boss fight. But Loki's going to be your hero. Loki, Loki was the god of mischief and everything. And instead, he's, uh, in your interpretation, he's, he's the noble hero. Or at least we think is going to grow up to be the noble hero. Right, but we don't know, okay. right? Well, we don't know, but... We know. But, okay, so I love this for this moment. First of all, Thor was the warrior. Thor was bloodthirsty in Norse mythology. Right. Right? He really was. But most people know Thor, the Marvel hero, the, the noble right. hero. Which is a different take on the Certainly. actual Norse mythology. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm super, super into it. I've actually... three professors over here. Oh, well, let me tell you, when I took Norse mythology 403... <laughs> No, um, so Did I've recently... Horse Pathology 403? No, I've actually just been oh, reading... Listen- really disappointed. I know. I've been listening to Audible book, uh, like, from Audible. I've been listening about Norse Mythology okay. recently so we could have this discussion. Um, I've learned very little because it's super complicated. <laughs> and basically what you get told in everything you read or listen to is, look, it's always in debate as to what the actual translations are of these because it's all taken from poetry. And then in the middle of all this poetry, there was a Christian... Uh, the Christianization right. of the pagan religion, which may or may not be where Balder comes from, because he is the 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 noble one, the white the 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 white the the pure, right? Which is a very he's a very Christ-like character. Sure. Anyways, um, so anyway, so you get to the point. I love the the reveal of Loki. Okay. Personally. The reason I love the reveal of Loki is because of who Loki is. Right. He's he's the the god of mischief. Um, with that, what if the whole idea is, though, he becomes the god of mischief because of what the world makes him become? To me, there's so much more character potential there versus just saying, oh, Loki is the god of mischief. No, you're right. And it's, I'm going to embrace it. So that, that's part of this, is every time there's a decision that, you know, I, first off, I can't say what I would have done in that situation with naming. Santa Monica Studios did not let me down in this. They have not. So part of this is going to be like, the kid is Loki. Like, you know what? Fine, the kid's Loki. I'm just going to have to, to ride this one out because they've done a great job so far, and I, I trust where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. So so I, I personally, I loved it. Um, the other thing I love about that is after that, and he says, well, that's what your mother wanted to name you. And then he asks, well, and of course, this is all happening while credits roll now oh, no, as you're walking down the stairs. No, 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 but yeah. the, the way in which they approach, he goes, well, how did you come up with Atreus? The story he tells about why he named Atreus Atreus with that guy who kept hope. His friend, Atreus of Sparta. That was a really cool moment because it goes into, they could have told you this at the beginning of the game. The way until the end to tell you how Atreus got his name in the first place. And I think there's a very good reason for that. That was a very, okay, ending, we, we, we spread Mother's Ashes from the peak and we found mm-hmm. out he's Loki. Let's start talking about characters. That's exactly what we want to talk right. about. The whole time we've been sitting up here fidgeting, like, when do we get to talk about our characters? <laughs> right. They deliberately started out with no father-son relationship from Kratos. Mm-hmm. You are weak. You are dumb. I hate you. You suck. <laughs> and then you... In those words. It, it, it just started going upwards, especially after he had to confront the illness of... And, and this is actually... I'm not kidding. This is a lyric in the direct translation of the overture. The theme is that the boy needs a father, not a god. So Kratos does have to learn how to just quit being what I call that testosterone monkey mm-hmm. and be a dad. Raise this kid. And 
there were some very cheesy moments I didn't like leading up to. Like, they do it twice in the first hour or two. He and Atreus, uh, Kratos and Atreus find a nice overlook, and Atreus looks over, and then you get turned slightly this way. Okay. And Kratos goes, Wow, it's so beautiful out there, Dad. What? I'm like, oh, come on. The, the hand reach out, and then, no, I can't, I can't touch my own son. That's, that's not what men do. I'm like, that's, that's, that's cheesy and dumb. I didn't like that. But... I think, but, but, I think, again, that comes, though, from his background. I like, I'm like, be, yeah, you're right. You wanted, actual, I, I wanted him so badly to do it, and he does it at the end. Like, uh, And it makes it better. My inclination as a dad is to be nurturing from the get-go. Right. You are correct. He probably, in his culture, um, he's just going to cuddle a weakling if he does something like that. Right. See, when I have children, I plan on throwing them out there at an infant age to fight off bears. Well, that's, that's how I'm going to raise the only them. way they're going to learn how to fight bears. That's right. So... However, and I think this goes in with the other characters too. Kratos, as a character, has aged. And I don't mm-hmm. mean, you know, I'm not being funny like with a pun. He's obviously older, a little more wrinkled, has the beard. I don't know if you had the same effect. When I was watching promotional material for this, even from the very first trailer, um, as soon as I saw Kratos, I had a serious case of Mandela effect. I'm like, yep, there's Kratos. I look at him, he's... He got got the the good proportions. He looks like a warrior. He's aged a little bit, but he looks serious. Did you go back and look at any of the old uh, art from God of War one, two, and three? Kratos just looks like it's it's horrendous almost. And I'm not even gonna. We loved it then, but now that I've played through God of War for PlayStation four, I, I you know I, I hate when they keep naming games the same names of the games of the past because they have to keep referencing them. But I went back and looked footage from the old God of War games and. Kratos just looks silly. He literally look, just looks like a big, bulky, testosterone-like comic book character. And, oh, Terrence, please, I hope you're not watching this video because you get so mad. This new voice actor, Christopher Judge, who, um, you know, the old voice actor was a little salty. He did not get to reprise Kratos. I'm very glad. Like, as soon as I heard him, I'm just like, oh, yeah, there's Kratos. There's that deep, bass, resonant, tough guy Kratos. Mm-hmm. If you ever go back and look at the old God of or listen to the old God of War games, it's very, again, I, I'm going to say comic book again, delivered, very comic-y, like, Zeus, this is the end of your days. And people are like, oh, that was so badass. And I'm like, this is, it, was, it was corny. I loved, I played it, and I enjoyed it, but this God of War made me remember those past ones mm-hmm. better than, I, than they actually were, than I remember them in the first place. Does that make but, any sense? Yeah. No, I, I think it does. And, you know, so... Like, you're kind of talking about, obviously, two different actors, and I think I think maybe that is something they wanted to get away from, right? I think that was the style of those God of Wars, obviously. Actually, there was a reason for that. A lot of mocap, like cinematic mocap, was done for this game. Christopher Judge has, has a good build and stands much taller than, I can't think of the boy's name, but the other voice actor. The original voice actor is much shorter. Mm-hmm. From a from a voice acting, like, to, a, to an animation standpoint, in the old God of War games, you could just read lines, and as long as you had a fitting voice, it worked. Since they wanted the characters to speak and walk like, you know, the way they filmed it, they went with a, a new guy, a taller, more built guy. And that is why they changed voice actors. I uh, did not know that. Or maybe they just didn't like him. But that, that was the story yeah. that they gave. You know, speaking of, um, sorry, from the, the development and filming portion of this, one camera shot for 40 plus hours of a game. It's one singular camera shot. It's part of what they were saying about the going with the motion capture, he goes, we are never taking the camera off Kratos in this game. So we need somebody who fits the, the build and the role and the, and the stature. Yeah. So I just, you're right. 
Thumb. Camera never. Well, that's not true. I mean, there's a couple things, but the camera does leave you a little bit when it has to focus on something else. Where? Like it never. You know, it never. I guess actually, I can't sight it, you. It'll where. rotate, right? But that's still one camera shot. Just because a camera pans, there's no cuts, right? I kept there's, thinking certainly when he goes falling down a hill or, or or gets eaten by a dragon or swallowed, certainly we cut off a Kratos for a moment. Maybe we don't. No, it follow. It follows the whole time. Okay. Well, even if like a dragon's mouth closes on him, right? Let's pretend that happens. I can't remember like it ever actually fully closed. No. Well, okay. The one time he's in the dragon's mouth, it's behind you. Yeah. It is behind you the whole time, even in the dragon's mouth. But anyways. You're right. It is never once do you leave the camera's view. Right. It is it is one singular camera shot, though. That's the the thing, too, with it. Is uh, No, no. Sorry. When Atreus uh, stabs Modi, Kratos isn't in view. Kratos is not. The camera moves forward and then comes back. It's still okay. one camera okay. shot. There's no cuts. Okay, I see what you're saying Yes, it's, so he, from He knows film, I don't. So. Right, and that's what I was going to say. It's from, a, from a videographer standpoint, what a nightmare, but what an incredible, what an incredible, incredible experience. It was wonderful. You're absolutely right. When I was going to school to learn broadcast and videography and stuff, my favorite scenes are the singular camera it's one camera and the camera just moves through the tracks and sure. moves seamlessly through the scene. And you just, to me, you feel so much a part of in it and a piece of it then when you know here's a cut scene do. and a doof, 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 you know. And you know how hard that is to do too. Yes. So uh, you're absolutely right. Sorry. Well, okay. No, no, Back to character development. I just, I had to bring that up because for me, that is. We could sit here for literally several hours at a time. There's so many. I don't want to keep using this term. I don't think I've used it yet, but I know once I do, I'll keep using it. This game is so lovingly crafted. Oh. Every part of it, all your little side quests, of which there are 10 zillion of them, <laughs> um, all of the little self-referential comments from the characters, the little bits of humor thrown in there. It's it's all very carefully done. I, I would be hard to for me to pick out a part that was just thrown there because it could be. Mm -hmm. It was all very deliberate. It all had a purpose. Uh, if not to reference something from the past, to set the tone for something that happens in the future. All of it was tremendous. Um, and I, I, I came out of this one loving the character again. Mm -hmm. Hated him in 3. Was so yeah. done with him in 3. Absolutely love him again in here. Because of the evolution of, of being the cold Spartan warrior to... He's still a warrior. He still wants his son to be strong, but he's a dad now. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely a father. And, and as again, a father, that, that, that meant so much to me. You gotta understand, like I was talking about with the ending being controversial to people, a lot of people hated the fact that there was no super epic boss fight. You you beat up Balder for the third time and finally snap his neck because he's going to kill his own mother, which that's its own mess we'll talk about in a bit here. But then the game does not end with a raging mountain with flames coming out of its its mountain right. eyeballs coming at you. You walk up a hill. You spread the ashes, and you have a bonding moment with your son. It's, I love that. That was my perfect oh, ending to this oh, game. I agree. And this game is so rare in today, right? Is It's it's a complete novel. That, to me, yes. is that's the best way to describe this game, right? It is a novel. Like, you described the original ones. Those were like those were like a comic book, um, a manga or something, um, with, with less movie. incense. But uh, incest, not incense. Um, but there wasn't much incense either. No, there wasn't. Well, I mean, in my house when I played them. But anyways, uh, too much information. <laughs> uh, but but this was this was a novel, and I thought it was crafted so well. I thought it was paced so well. It was, it to me was it's 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 a rare breed in what we see in today's video game industry. Um, 
So I, I thought this was fantastic uh, as far as far as that goes. But yeah, we're talking about character development. Somehow we went backwards. How do we, how do we want to talk about character development? Well, Jump to it. Now we're going backwards. We're just so. to just talk about whatever's interesting, right. honestly. And which is so much of it. The game kept me guessing so many times. I kept thinking I had it figured out, and then it would go a whole different way. I kept thinking we were going to basically go through uh, the Norse pantheon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we started out fighting Balder. Then we were going to have to fight Thor because he's right there. You never actually see Thor until the the, the special the ending end cut special scene. Ending. But you don't even see him. He's referenced. You see his his path of destruction constantly. But every time I kept thinking, oh, they've put too much in this game. How could they make a second one? Especially with the Valkyries and, and the side missions of that. I thought you did Thor. You did Balder. You did uh, his. You did Thor's sons. We're gonna have we have to fight Odin and Freya and you got all the Vikings. How can we possibly make a second one? It's because they didn't t end up touching half of that. Right. I'd heard a rumor. Rumors are rumors that. This game was actually three times as long, and they pared it down to what we have now. So, okay, so I've actually listened to, because uh, Corey Bartlog, who is um, the director of Santa Monica right. Studios, he actually, you know, he did a huge tour afterwards, and yes, it uh, the original script for this was something like three to four times longer. And then it's insane they, to think about. Well, and he realized, he said, whoa, hang on, guys, we are making a second game already. So they had to pare that down and say, okay. Right. Because they wanted to focus on that father-son journey. That is what was important to him in this. Because right. it was the same thing we've been talking about. People hated Kratos for the most part. No one really cared for him by the end. And he wanted you to care about Kratos again. He wanted you to care about it. But it wasn't just about Kratos, right? Atreus wasn't some tool to get you to care about Kratos. This truly was, this game was just as much about Atreus. Right. Absolutely. I, I cared about Atreus through the game. Mm -hmm. In fact, it, it was Atreus teaching his father just as much as his father was teaching him. Obviously, Atreus was learning combat and survival, but that, that actually, what he did for Kratos is something. And I'm going to have to speed along and talk about, this goes into, like, when you meet Brock and Sindri, mm -hmm. the dwarves with the two wildly different personalities. Mimir, the wisecracking head that follows you. Freya, the very sweet motherly type character who gets a little too motherly at the end and then goes a little crazy. The, all the characters existed in a way that uh, so Kratos could be who he was. That character, that stiff upper lip, no cracking jokes, nothing funny to say, I just do what I do and then we don't help anybody and let's go. That only works because you had so many supporting and a lot of times funny characters. Almost everybody else, except for Freya, had humor in them. Mm -hmm. Just because it played off Kratos so well. And in a way, it made me realize that character Kratos is, is, is it's kind of been lost to time. You can have the stoic badass if you want, but you Thank you. you need a side dish to to go with that because mm -hmm. you know when it's on. If if you took, I, re, I also heard the rumor that Atreus is getting so complicated they almost cut him from the game. Yep, there was no Atreus, no development, and just just badass Kratos again. I'd have probably been bored really quickly with that. Yeah, but watching Kratos, who was right at some times, say you can't help everybody. And the traders say, no, we have to go help people. And that will lead to you getting attacked and you know, right. some, some lesson in, uh, in which being I thought, naive. Which I thought was interesting in, in the side quest, right? Of how you go along and write. The first thing you get is, no, it's a waste of time. Why would we do that? And Atreus does something like, well, it's just who we are. It's what mom would have done. That right there gets Kratos to go, fine. Right. What I love to see is you have this arc, though, of Kratos finally saying, like, okay, let's do it but it's because you're going to learn a lesson from this. This isn't going to be just something for someone else. You're getting something out of this too. Right. Which I thought was a really interesting thing to see. And again, it's one of those things that started shadowing fairly early on that maybe he can be a father. 
Well, he got sarcastic a few times. Oh. You know, I am certain the spirit will be forthcoming and will get exactly what it promised. Us. And of course, <laughs> of course, you don't. The spirit lashes out and attacks you. Of course. And he knew that. And uh, Kratos actually cracks. What I can this is probably a stretch. Kratos actually cracks a dad joke in the beginning of the game. Uh, go ahead. Where he says, you know, we are hunting deer. Well, where are they? In the direction of deer. <laughs> I used to hate facial hair, but then it grew on me. Yeah, which I mean, I, never mind. It was just a dick comment to make to your son, but right. I got a chuckle. You know, and um, he, the thing is, and this is one thing that I think that kind of—I don't want to say it bothered me, but I was confused by, right? So again, I keep referencing well, Kratos's background was trained to be a warrior, trained to be a soldier. Why wasn't Kratos teaching his son to do that? Why was his mom teaching? Why was Atreus's mom? Why was Faye teaching him how to hunt? Why wasn't Kratos teaching him how to hunt? And what did Kratos do? Then, <laughs> like, lifted weights, screamed a lot, right. chopped firewood. I mean, we don't necessarily know who taught who what. We get a little, lot of assumptions, but obviously the game is not about Faye and son and husband. It's about right. Kratos and son. So, well, I mean, but they say it like. He goes, did your mother teach you to hunt? Yeah, a little bit. Well, Kratos is probably, I assume, especially up to this point, one of those, you're just going to slow me down, I'll do it myself kind of types mm. with, with Atreus. That's how I interpreted that. Again, that's, that's you know, making your own decisions based on limited information, but that's kind of how I interpreted all of that. Right. So, so obviously, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Kratos. Um, do you want to go more into depth about his character development as far as what you've seen? or? Uh, I think I've kind of said everything that, I'm sure I'll think of more later, but honestly, I was just I was just so pleased. I wanted to see them let go of the just be a badass and say you're going to tear everybody's head off. And at one point, he, he himself has learned from the past actions. Sure, he had to cause Armageddon in Greece to do it, but he admitted that you know just bloodlust and killing people and and vengeance, it's not okay. It's not healthy. It's just going to lead to more destruction. My favorite scene in the game was right before you get the rune in, in Tyr's last trial and Atreus goes to grab his knife that he had to feed into the grinder to save Kratos and realizes he doesn't have his knife anymore. So Kratos presents his knife to him and says, I had two knives made when you were born. One for your, your mother and one for me. Mm -hmm. or, or one that you will inherit, you know, basically when he, when he becomes a man. And he teaches them because, you know, anger can be power. Power comes from here, and it must be tempered from here. It's a very, very magnanimous uh, fatherly lesson for a guy who, at that point, was basically like, "Am I doing better? Slightly, <laughs> yeah, all the time. After every battle. In fact, that was another thing. Atreus kept asking for approval after every battle. Am I getting better? Marginally. Like, but, but you did. But, but I mean, there was a point where he did, like, after every battle, the big ones in the story, mm -hmm. where he did give him a little bit more approval, sure. a little bit more approval, and then Atreus got arrogant. Um, <laughs> give, you know, give him an inch. It took a mile. That's right. Um, typical kid, right? Uh, but yeah, so I think, I think, um, for me, Kratos, I, yeah, I think he became everything I wanted him to be. Absolutely. I definitely, I definitely cared a lot more about him. Um, it's funny though, cause yeah, you talk about, he obviously create, he created Armageddon in Greece. Destroyed that whole world. And it's dead. so funny because with the Norse mythology, what creates Ragnarok, which is their Armageddon, is the killing of Baldur. Oh, yeah. We've started, <laughs> Great. We've started uh, done it again. <laughs> but this time for completely different reasons. It wasn't bloodlust. He was, oh, again, he was trying to protect somebody else. Well, 
in saying what he said, you know, the cycle ends here, actually all he did was continue the cycle. The cycle of children killing their parents that he perpetuated, that's continuing to be perpetuated. Yeah, maybe he ended that, but he continued the cycle of vengeance. That endless cycle of now she's going to want vengeance on him. Now someone will want vengeance on him. There's also, everybody talks about how Freya went crazy. Freya was, was dumb. First of all, as, as a father and a new father at that, there's no greater bond, no matter how crazy you think your children are or, or, or how crazy your children think you are or how they gotten at you, that you want your children back. And secondly, you have to realize the dynamic there. When Atreus was dying, Rhea helped bring him back to life. Mm -hmm. In turn, you killed her son. That had to feel like the biggest betrayal in the whole world to her. Even though, even though you yourself moments later will admit that if Atreus tried to kill him, you'd let him. Right. It's it's you couldn't watch it happen. It's and and Mimir made the comment. You know, the world is far better with Freya in it than with Balder being in it. Mm -hmm. It's not like that cycle would have ended there. As soon as you killed Freya, then you then you would have had to kill him anyway. Right. So, all right. So we, we've rambled on about Kratos a whole lot. Um, gotta get some more of these characters in there. Right. Okay. So we we've obviously talked about Kratos. We've talked about Atreus. Right. Um, we talked about Balder. Touched on Balder and Freya's relationship, right? Mm -hmm. which, which, of course, goes along with their character development. Um, the one thing we haven't talked about is how Freya... Well, no, you did mention like how Freya's always like there to kind of help you and stuff. Very motherly figure throughout the entire game. Right. Um, so, obviously, uh, you mentioned one of your favorite characters. Sindri. The, oh, Sindri's my favorite character. The, just the, the prissiest, wimpiest little just germaphobe of a dwarf building. Yeah, but can you... Can you put it down over there? That handle is... No. Filthy. Okay, then. I'll just... I will just... Oh. Oh. And, of course, you loved his brother Brock more. So that's kind of a thing we had as we were talking about this. Um... You get these, you get the dwarves who serve as your your item makers, merchants, sellers, collectors. Even give you a few quests throughout the game. Mm -hmm. Wildly different personalities. Brock is a very in-your-face, blunt, rude, vulgar, um, <laughs> ignoramus. Sindri is just a very considers himself very pomp and imperfect, and uh, he, you know he's traveled the realms to get his techniques for for smithing. And uh, to, to sum up who Brock is, you said the line earlier, and it's one of my favorite moments. Um, just cracks me up with, uh, what is it, right after he fixes the axe or whatever? Uh, he, he improves your axe because you got his beast of burden to actually travel mm -hmm. towards his shop. Right, and then Atreus says, well, as repayment, we'll think of a name for, for your beast. How about I name her fucking Gratitude? Hey, fucking Gratitude, come over here. I like it. <laughs> is is you know does not pull any punches with his with his language. No, he does not. But despite the fact that he's still abrasive, he's kind of soft. I mean, when he he literally he literally like what? Oh, when Atreus falls sick, and he pretty much they tease like I can do stuff. I'm like, is Brock really gonna become my new little helper for this mission? No, they don't do that. But. They, they, they I, 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 I kind of hoped for a moment, you know, I, 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 I'd be telling Brock to shoot at things and he'd tell me to just fuck off every time, <laughs> every time I hit the square button. 
Um, don't tell me what to do. That's, 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 that's kind of a switch we had with the, with the ratings here. Word of Fog appears plenty of times. I know we're going to put that out anyway. Right. Yeah, Word appears plenty of times about the game. No movies in this game this time. No iconic uh, press circle to have sex mini game. That's right. That's right. No, yeah. Um, we definitely have kind of veered from that, which I thought was... I appreciate that, yeah. honestly. So, so, I mean, it was definitely, yeah, we didn't start off with that mini game though. And I'm not gonna lie, I kind of wondered. I wondered, and instead, I got a mini, I got a mini game of chopping down a tree instead. So, a couple of chopping mini games. We chopped the dragons too, we chopped the tree. Yeah, that got some like, really yeah. did. It really did. It was a good act. But I, I love Sindri, just all, all his little banter, all of the. Uh, the vomiting routine got old by the end of the game. I was a little tired of it by that point, but the fact that he doesn't really want to touch your axe he's carrying it, that... It was so funny to me. I don't know. I love that character. I think the actor nailed him. Oh, he's so dead. All the actors did a tremendous job. They really did. They did a great job. But um, one of the moments I like about Sindri, and I think it was the moment that irritated the most about Atreus, was when Atreus just tells Sindri, we don't have time for you, we're gone. Your little people problems. Right. Sindri's like, I'm not going to cry. And, you know, that's another thing with, with how they crafted this game is, did you talk to Sindri or have him fix your gear right after that? For the short period of time mm -hmm. where Atreus is still a little dick, Sindri is, is very upset with you. He's yes. Like, oh, I'm glad you still find me useful when you, fi when you find right. your shop. If, if there were, the game actually references, if you find lore pieces after you should have, the game references that you already did something. Mm -hmm. uh, there was actually a little inscription on the side of Elfheim's wall about the eternal struggle for the light. I didn't read that when I first came through. So I read it later, and Atreus goes, huh, you think, still gonna, think they're still going to fight over it after what we just did? And he's like, of course they will. It's, it's the cycle of life. I'm like, the game has dialogue written for if you did things out of order. Mm -hmm. It's very... It flowed so nicely, all of it. Oh, it really I can't did. say enough good things about no. my experience. And that's one of my things, one of my favorites, which is uh, uh, Mimir. Did I say that right? Mimir. Mimir, thank you. Um, I was like, Mimir doesn't sound right. It sounds like a, it sounds like a Muppet. Um, <laughs> Mimo is an Italian guy. But, <laughs> but Mimir, uh, he was one of my personal favorites, right? And he's just, he's this head that's just attached to the back of your belt. And just like you said, the trope's been done. But it was done so well with him. And the fact that he does like these great stories in the boat, and he gives you so much great background information. But the, the transition was seamless, right? Because you have one time where he's trying to tell you a story on land, and Kratos says, that's enough, head. Not right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's cool with that. And so then you get back in the boat, and he picks up stories seamlessly. You, land, you, get, back on, you get on the land, you dock. He's like, and we'll pick this up when, you know, in a little bit. You mentioned that, that if you interrupt him, it's, it's not one of those frustrating moments where, oh, I just skipped a big dialogue and I'll never get to hear it again unless I go trundling YouTube for it. If you interrupt one of his stories, I'll just tell you that story again later. Um, but he picks right up where he left off. It's, oh, it's that seamlessness of it, again, that you mentioned. It's, it's fantastic. I can't tell you how sad I was when I went through the, the tree realm and realized Mimir wasn't talking anymore. I had heard all of his I stories. Know, like, yes. I know, yes. Yep. And there was one every time you went through there, mm -hmm. and I was I was traveling like a fiend looking for things. So I was too. Did you ever find yourself in moments, though, when you're in the boat instead of docking where you just like sit out in the middle of the I water for the I had to listen the to story. the story. Yes. Of course I did. And I also love that he got his own little seat next to Atreus. Yes. Like Atreus would put him gingerly next to him like his head has his own legitimate... Uh, Seat on the boat. And he hands it to Cradles. Cradles whips him around, dick and neck. <laughs> the, the, the ginger treatment versus the, you know, you're on my butt now head uh, right. treatment. 
But, um, and again, useful in battle. If you have Atreus off doing something, he called out things coming from behind you. That was actually very nice because we talked about the camera being over your shoulder this time and not fixated. The characters, now, you know, it doesn't help if you're like me and you're blocking out all the sound because you're too busy hacking things, but the characters will call out where threats are coming from. So you, you should have ample time to respond to them. Or, some, or it is a video game, so sometimes you'll get hit and then they'll say, look out! I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Very, got my back. Very Robin Hood Men and Tights. Watch my back. <laughs> Your back's been punched twice. <laughs> Watch my back. Your back just got punched twice. Thank you. Let <laughs> me watch my back quite well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, he was one of my favorites. I think just from the storytelling aspect, I just really enjoyed it. And I mentioned earlier his charm and wit and stuff like that. His character. Uh, I, I, a couple times in. I don't know much about uh, Mimir in Norse mythology, and it's one of the characters I keep needing to look up, but there was a couple times when he talked, I actually, things he would say very, very much struck me as being like, um, Oberon. Okay. Like, he struck me as an Oberon. And I, I feel like there was one story, I don't remember it exactly now, where he kind of referenced something along that, of uh, being, or working for a king of the fairies, I can't remember which it was. But I found him to be a very, very interesting character. Really enjoyed him. Love the history lessons he gave us in the game and just kind of put everything in context. Um, so he was one of my favorites for sure. But I mean, like you said, it really, it's, you kind of know your favorite character, but you love everything about all the characters. It, they're, they're such great characters. The development of them is so wonderful. Um, and again, you've got that development of both Kratos and and Atreus that wasn't like one or the other. And uh, can we talk about Atreus and gameplay for a little bit? He wasn't like a completely useless character. No, um, I was worried about that, especially because when you first get him, his bow hits for approximately one damage at a time. But you start leveling him up. And honestly, there were fights I would just block and let Atreus kill everything. Seriously. Uh, the lightning arrows that bounce between enemies, super useful. The stun arrows for the big guys I was just annoyed with. Well, I think I told you about, about them. The, uh, I always call them the, 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 the wizards. They always remind me of the wizards from uh, Destiny. The, uh, the, the floaty dudes. The revenants? Yes, thank you. Once I couldn't figure out how to kill. Maybe the game describes it to me, but I must have missed that part. I was sitting there for 20 minutes just hacking at a revenant, having it disappear, going, what am I? Like, I, like That's where I talked about it. I just had Atreus shoot it to death. That took approximately half an hour because he's dealing like one damage at a time at that point in the game. Not, not my, my, not my most fun moments. Right, right. No, no, and it's totally frustrating, and they don't tell you, right? That was one of those where I think the whole idea of the game with the runes and the equipment and stuff is it's all about figuring out how you actually have to go about that and how you have to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, I discovered pretty quickly the best thing to do is obviously those stun arrows, run in with your fist, doot-doot-doot-doot, and then press O and rip them right. But um, just a very, very well-done game overall. Um, so, so we kind of talked, talked briefly about this, and, and again, we don't do rankings, right? Of not. But, but where does this game fall for you? It's probably my new favorite one of all time. I'm not exaggerating with that. It had everything I wanted. It had just the little distractions, all the manure chests, all the little collectibles. It even had things that irritate me that there are 51 of the stupid green ravens you can find in it. I don't like stuff like that, but I didn't even mind it this time around. I think I probably didn't mind it because... There's usually, usually a checklist, individual little, little areas, areas you highlight, highlight, highlight when you know. There's, there's one over here you missed, there's two over here that you missed. 
Not like, not most, like most games, games like, 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 this is my game of the year. Like, the bar has been set so high that, like, I don't know how you're going to come close to this. And it's for narrative games coming out. I mean, you have Detroit Become Human, which comes out, like, like right on the tail end of us releasing this. Now, granted, that's a very heavy rain, all narrative style. So still, I mean, the actual storytelling and character development aspect, good luck to anything else trying to catch up to this. Because this... And the, and the combat, and the combat. I, I love the combat. I thought it was beautifully well done. Um, one of my favorite things is throwing the axe and getting to recall it. No boomerang oh, effect. Oh, I have control. And the, it's a Molnir that hammer. You throw it, it comes back. Oh, and the fact that like the sound is there, the thump, and and the the vibration, the just the one shake of the controller every time it happens was so beautifully crafted. Executioner's play is my favorite move in the whole game. Just hacking things apart. I, I, saw I, I saw a lot of complaints, complaints that the gore was toned down, down from the other games. It wasn't visceral enough. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree with you. I don't agree with them. Yeah, there's. They say it's not like, it's not like the other humans we killed. First of all, we killed very few humans in, in any of the God of War games. There seems to be less blood. A lot of enemies tend to have like fire or magma or something for blood, or forces blue jelly blood. But have you ever grappled killed one of the werewolves? I don't want to hear anything about how this game isn't gory. Well, how, how, how you how you wrap their jaw and pull them apart all the way down to their groin. It's a little, a little shaken by that one. The first time I did it, <laughs> it felt pretty bad for that one. And you do it to all those like wolf type creatures, even the ones that like come out of the ground. Those are my most annoying ones. Oh, oh my god, get them out of here! Especially when you're uh, running around the the mist area. Right. Um, <sighs> that's actually. I found myself. I won't lie. By the time I finished the game. There were a couple enemies I was done with. I, I didn't love everything about the game. It's probably right. my favorite game of all time, but there's still things I disliked, like Dar the Dark Elves, and um, I knew I, I knew the name for them, but it's long and confusing. Like you said, the Burrowing Lizards. If I never saw another one of those again, I'd just be perfectly happy. Yeah. Just completely ignorant I, and just terrible. I hated them. Right. I'm sure somebody loved them. I did not, and I, I talked about this with you personally earlier, the item system. I did not like the item system. Um, it was based more on whatever that power level fixated on the item piece it was itself, not necessarily on the stats or how useful the effect was. Mm -hmm. Knowing what I know about games, I find the effect of like percent-based resistance to elements, to elemental damage, really useful. But you know, in this game, it may be stuck on a level four piece of armor. So if you keep trying to wear that, you're, you're just not going to be very strong throughout the game. Right. Even if that gives you the best stats. No, I totally see where you're coming from. Now. And the problem is, is everything kind of scaled with you, which is nice, but at the same time, it's frustrating like that, right? Because now you find a chest that you should have actually found earlier on. There's no stats on it. It's just now a level eight piece of gear. And you're like, well, why would I want to put that on? And it's typically better than something that had a lot of stats on it, but is like the Valkyries. And I wondered, I wondered if the gear was scaling with me because the Valkyries are the toughest hidden bosses in the game. One of them is dropping a level four rune that is, is no is useless for me to equip once I have to be at level eight. So that was the most frustrating part to me too, right? Is the gear drop with those. 
the, the idea is there's supposed to be something that you can only face once you completed the game. Which I, to a certain degree, okay, fine. I wouldn't say completed the game. I killed my first Valkyrie at level 4. Well, okay. Well, I which hence the level 4 room that I found, I suppose. Right. But the thing was is you you killed the last, right? The, with the Valkyrie Queen? I beat Sigrun, yeah. Okay. But her gear wasn't as good as what I was wearing. Not but that was the hardest fight I did. That was the hardest fight in the game. That was that was your typical. There are a lot of RPG elements in this game. That was your typical uh, hidden RPG boss that's tougher than the actual boss. Sigrun was not only super annoying. She drops an item that. Why would I want this? There's no, I don't see a reason why after doing that tremendously hard boss fight, um, which means there's nothing in the game left to challenge me. Why I got an item that I would have liked to use since the beginning of the game, which was the item that gives you the super throw on your axe. Right. That's I. I did, the game is begging for a new game plus, and I've heard rumors that they're thinking of coming out with one, but, well, they better. I mean, I, I want to run around with this stuff that I found. Right, well, and that's the thing, too, for me, right, is the Valkyrie stuff is, if they're supposed to be the hardest fights. That is the hardest boss. Why on earth is that gear not as good as the stuff I got from the Mist area? I wanted to wear the, the Valkyrie gear so badly. I got to admit, um, I have not platinumed it yet. There was a certain point where I just wanted to finish the game and I didn't want to complete any more um, Uspelheim challenges. And if I did one more lap around Niflheim, I was going to kill myself, honestly. <laughs> I won't lie. Niflheim, it was cool. The first time I successfully completed a lap around Niflheim, I was done with it. In fact, I was really done with it by the time I, I killed the Valkyrie. Um, which actually, that was the easiest of the Valkyries I fought. I was very happy with that. Right, I which, thought, oh I mean, boy, I have, to, I have to fight her with this death aura going on. But... Um, in fact, Sigrun, I hit it just because she had every one of their attacks and she could whip any one of them out at a random moment. Can I just say the most annoying attack is the one where they dart into the air and then come down and stomp on your face? Because half the time you dodge it and they seem to land on you anyway. Yes! Or sometimes you don't, you forget to dodge and they just land next to you and miss you. Right, that uh, was the most... So, I'll be honest. So, I played the game on hard. Okay. Whole game, all the way through hard, had to drop down to normal to beat her. I had to. I, I, I kept count. I faced her 27 times on hard before I finally said, screw this, because I, I wanted I wanted platinum this game. Right. I am two trophies away. I am two, two birds. Two birds. And, like, one treasure map. That's it. That's what I have right. left to do. I'm taking a small break from that sort of thing, because I, I powered through the game. I absorbed it for, like, a week, and I'm, you know, I'm not taking a break to play other things now. And yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is obviously like I have my 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 MLG team that like we kind of need to get practice in because the new season starts soon for that for Rainbow Six Siege. So, um, anyways, which uh, I'm gonna do since we're wrap I'm gonna, I want to kind of wrap us up anyways. Yeah, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the other stuff we have going on right now out of Valley Studios. Um, so obviously we've got Ramblers. Uh, we're super glad if you guys have stuck with us this long and and powered through this as we have definitely rambled. We are true to our name. Absolutely, we are very true. <laughs> So, again, I mentioned earlier, we, you can find us on Patreon where you can donate, become part of our community. Um, for the 20-plus donators, uh, you are able to get access to the special video, which includes our first actual review, which was a review of the Avengers Infinity War. Uh, along with that, obviously, Valley Studios is working on a ton of really cool projects. Um, we've got not only Ramblers, but we've got uh, Chucky Chicken in the works, which is a lot of fun. Very, very different from what we do. Very different. Um, but very family oriented. So and I know a lot of people who watch us, they have families and stuff. So it's definitely something to check out. And the other thing we have going on is Valley Studios Gaming. That's our MLG team. We have changed it from twat. 
<laughs> trained a weapons. A good change, I think. Trained weapons and assault tactics. It was an acronym, but I'm pretty sure doing a post on Twitter uh, about, hey, make sure you check out our twat stream is what got me officially suspended for life. So <laughs> I don't have a Twitter account. Um, so anyways, uh, we changed our name to Valley Studios Gaming, and so you can check us out. We have streamers who are supposed to be streaming every Friday. I have to get on Steven about that because he forgets all the time. And then Tanner and I are going to be releasing a podcast. Um, of course, we'll do a video concept of it like this one, but you aren't going to see him and I. You're just going to see gameplay of it, which is our Valley Studios Gamecast. Um, it is all Siege related because that is what our MLG Certainly. team is kind of connected to. If you haven't uh, seen them yet, you'll love them, I promise. Yeah, we, uh, we're not good at the game, we're just entertaining to watch. So make sure you're checking all that stuff out. We have a lot of stuff going on in our channel, we're really excited. But again, head to that Patreon page if you get the chance, because obviously your support makes a lot of this easier, i.e. more camera batteries. Um, okay, final verdict of the game. <laughs> so for me, like I said, it's my game of the year, probably one of my all-time favorite games, like you said. If you have not played this game, go out and get it. I know some people are probably like, oh, I'll go out and rent it and try it. Sure, if that works for you, good luck getting everything done in this game in a three-day rental even. Renting it was a mistake. I rented it for a week, and I had to put down, first of all, I had to put down a $20 deposit on the game to rent it. So it was about half the cost of the game. Barely scratched it in that time. I just went out and bought a copy right afterwards. You, I, I don't say this often, but you are missing out if you do not play this, and you have any inclination towards the God of War series. Don't sleep on it. Yeah. I mean, with, with, like, if you haven't caught on, it does have its faults, but they are little faults compared to the major accomplishments of this game. Agreed. So, yeah, make sure you definitely get out there and get it checked up. We're really excited to be back with you guys, and we hope you stay tuned, and we'll see you next week as we release every Sunday. Thank you very much.